0: This reading is from the 23rd chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, it begins with the first verse. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, and all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And all who humble themselves will be exalted. Just have to give me a minute here to get myself ready. Okay, this is my Halloween costume. I'm looking under my thing now. Anybody in the room here know who I am? What? (laughs) I didn't hear that. Lady Justice. Lady Justice. How did you figure that out? Because well you got the scales and the sword and the uh, your blanket. Okay, scales, if you couldn't figure that out. A sword, Minecraft, thank you very much. And a blindfold. Yes, traditionally, since I think about the fifteenth or sixteenth century, the representation of justice, lady justice, has been blindfolded. We may talk about that in, in a little bit, about the fact that for most of history, Lady Justice was not blindfolded. So that's my, I wanted to start out with that because I think it's super fascinating and hey, it's fun to, fun to dress up for Halloween, right? Well, so in those depictions, in most of our depictions, the traditional ones, Lady Justice is blind. And so, what is that supposed to represent, do you think? What's that? Impartiality, impartiality meaning, meaning that justice, it doesn't, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter that it's just basically, ju- justice is going to weigh the scales and look at your case and judge impartially, and judge impartially. And that, sound, I mean, that sounds super good to us, super good, just like superhero, super good, right? It sounds great to us, this, this impartiality. About justice. Also, as anybody know why Lady Justice often carries a sword? And Lady Justice is usually holding it down here, more like, more like, you know, down by the side, but it's not like Lady Liberty uh, who's like this. But anyway, that's, that's a light, not a sword. But why, why, why a sword? Truth? What else? That justice can also be swift… And final. <laughs> so there's an authority that is also carried, I think, with Lady Justice. It's not just this benign sort of thing. Oh, isn't Lady Justice wonderful that she's impartial, that she judges with, with equity and impartiality? There's, a, there's, as we would say, there's teeth. There are teeth to justice. There is a sword. There is power behind justice, especially as it is shown and represented in that depiction. In the scriptures, if you look in the, in the Old Testaments and, and even into the New, if you listen to what God says to the people or what the people write about what they believe God is saying about how to treat people, there you'll hear things like this, God sends rain on the just and the unjust you should not look upon your neighbors with partiality. You will hear these kinds of statements throughout the scriptures about how to look at people as people. But I want to ask this question today. What if justice isn't blind? Because the preponderance of the of, of the ways that things are portrayed in the Old Testament and the New Testament is that when looking at a situation, you give a higher standing to the person who is of a lower class, who is different. Over and over in the scriptures, especially beginning in Leviticus, where there's a lot of this, but throughout the scriptures, it always talks about how you are to treat the alien, the foreigner, the widow, the orphan, those who are physically disabled, to give them a higher status. To give them, as we might say today, the benefit of the doubt. To, to lift them up. If, if you are someone that has something, that you are to help lift them up. To, to bring them, in a sense, to justice. Because in the scripture, justice is about righteous judgments. Justice is about righteous judgments and doing what is right. Let me go back to that Old Testament reading for just a second. Micah, the prophet, prophesies this, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray. The ones who cry peace. Now in the the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is a word that we transliterate as shalom. And shalom does not just mean like, oh, there's no wars going on. There's no enmity between us. It is really about a wholeness. People are made whole. In our justice system, that is one of the things, one of the principles that we talk about. If someone is wronged, the justice system seeks to make them whole again. If someone gets stolen from, the person who gets convicted of stealing from them is supposed to make them whole, and oftentimes, and this is even the biblical principles, that they are supposed to give more to make them whole, to make them complete. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, who cry peace or who cry wholeness when they have something to eat, but declare war against those who put nothing in their mouths. Well, that sounds a little strong, doesn't it? Well, I want you to think about the ways that we, you hear us, I use us as people in the United States of America, talk about those who live without food in their mouths. Those of us that have food in our mouths, how we often talk about those who do not. Get a job. There's plenty of jobs out there. What's your problem? Because we can't see beyond our own situation. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, who cry peace when they have something to eat, but declare war against those who put nothing into their mouths. Hear this, you rulers of the house of Jacob and the chiefs of the house of Israel, who abhor justice and pervert all equity... Who abhor justice, who abhor making right judgments, who pervert all equity, and that's a great word. In the Hebrew, it means to twist what is straight, to twist justice and judgments, to twist what is straight, to twist what is to be given to all people. Its rulers give judgment for a bribe. Its priests teach for a price. Its prophets give oracles for money. Yet they lean upon the Lord and say, surely the Lord is with us. We must be the righteous. No harm will come upon us. And yet the prophets in the Old Testament continue to decry this kind of behavior. And yet our brokenness continues to work its way in the world and our brokenness takes on a momentum that what we then call it is we call it evil. Because those of us who have food to put in our mouths have declared war on those who have nothing to eat. Jesus follows this line of thinking. When he calls upon the church, he wouldn't have called that, that, but we'll call it that. The community of faith, we'll call it that. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. They have positions of power. Okay, so therefore do what they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. Wow. You'll know them by the fruits of their labor. You'll know them by their fruits They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. What an indictment of those in power, right? Of those who have and have the ability to lift up the others who don't have anything to eat, who don't have the things that we have, to help give them a place at the table literally, and yet… They continue to do their things to be seen by others. They practice their piety. They give great sermons. And yet, what's happening behind the scenes? Jesus really goes after them. He says, they make their phylacteries broad. And what they're talking about is the phylacteries are the the bands that they wrapped around their arms and around their heads that held the scripture when they did their prayers. So they made them broad. They made them very large so that you could see just how pious they were, just how righteous they were. This, This outward demonstration, look at me and how good I am and how right I am with God. They make their fringes long, meaning the fringes on their prayer shawls to show again how righteous they are, how good they are, and yet Jesus says the fruit of their life does not reflect this because they put burdens on people who cannot bear them. They have declared war against those who have no food to put in their mouths. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues. Yeah, so do I, right? To be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, to have people call them rabbi. Oh, pastor, gosh, it's so good to see you. But you're not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all students. Call no one your father on earth. And I think what they mean there is it goes along with rabbi. Don't call anyone your father because we all, you know, we all hopefully have a father probably somewhere along the way. But not that kind of father, but a father in the faith is what he's talking about there. A rabbi, a teacher who's a human being. Nor are you to be called instructors for you have one instructor. Again, not a rabbi, not a father, but not an instructor. But you have one instructor, the Messiah. And then he gets to it. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. One theologian wrote this week, I believe, in an an editorial about all of the sermons that are being preached about who to vote for. And he said, Pastors, stop it. What you ought to be concerned about, pastors, is are you leading a community that is developing the lives of faith, faith in Jesus the Christ, so that no matter who is leading, they are willing and sold out to the gospel of Jesus? Wow. We get so caught up in these arguments. We get so caught up in these things, and I think a lot of the times it's a diversion, it's a diversion from what's going on and why things are the way they are. Because in some ways, there isn't justice, there isn't peace inside of me. I don't treat myself with equity. I have not believed in the gospel, which is that Jesus has set things straight. Jesus has reconciled everything inside of me. Jesus has made everything right. Jesus has made me right with God and right with my neighbor. And yet, I still twist things in my heart, in my life. And as I live that out in my community, it twists justice. It perverts peace. Jesus came not to lord it over us, but to serve. And in serving, he gave his life for everyone. He did not give people what they wanted, but he gave them what they needed. He healed people who needed healing. He gave them what they needed, not necessarily what they wanted. When he came to visit Zacchaeus, I think Zacchaeus just wanted an audience with him, maybe to feel special because here's this, this person. What did, what did Zacchaeus get? He got a changed life. And he may not have wanted that because I think his life was pretty darn good at that point. He had everything he wanted. He had all the money in the world. But something happened when he found himself set right in God through Jesus. He became someone different. He saw that there, that he was defrauding those around him, that his actions were not speaking peace to the community. He had to be changed inside of himself before he could affect change out in the community. And so I want to ask you, do you have justice with yourself? Do you have peace with yourself? Do you understand the great gift of this gospel that we have that Jesus has set everything right within us and so we can now work for peace and justice within our own homes. To teach our children, to show our spouses, our lovers, our friends what it means to live out this gospel so that we can stop clamoring after more things to put in our mouths, taking away things from others who have nothing to put in their mouths. It begins in us no president, no senator, no governor, no city council person, no school board member is going to make it right. It's only going to be made right when we confess our brokenness. When we are broken in such a way that finally we can receive grace because when we receive it in Jesus, we can become it and we become that grace out into the world. We become servants of justice, of right judgments and justice is no longer blind, no longer blinded by power, no longer blinded by money, but it serves the gospel, and the good news of Jesus Christ, which sets us all free to be saints and to be servants of justice. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled. All who humble themselves will be exalted. May you find grace in Jesus Christ. May you know that you are a saint and a sinner all at the same time. May you grow to be a servant of justice. Amen.